Hey, Danked Up listeners, Adil here. Uh, just a note of apology and warning. Uh, we had some technical difficulties. Um, so, uh, this week's audio is, is quite atrocious. Well, maybe not atrocious, but it, it's definitely subpar. Um, there's a, you'll, you'll hear some fading in and out noise, and uh, apologies for that. I think uh, I did what I could to make the episode as listenable as possible. Um, so... Hopefully it doesn't annoy you too much, but uh, we will endeavor to, to avoid such mistakes in the future. Without further ado, Tanked Up 37. Science Up, the podcast all about video games and craft beer. I'm Bernardo, and I'm joined this week by Koji. Hello. How you doing? Good? Yeah, pretty good. Just packing life. You? Yeah, not bad, man. Not bad. I feel like packing life is a weird sort of regional slang instead of literally just packing my life in boxes. Oh, yeah, man, I'm packing life. It does sound... I don't know what it would mean. Oh, yeah, totally. Definitely, like, like entourage styles. <laughs> Completely. Um, this week, as with every week, we're going to talk about some video games. I'm going to drink some beers. We're not going to have a topic this week. You thought we'd just chat about games this week. Uh, what are you drinking? Uh, I've got a Red Racer India Session Ale. Uh, and it is a clean and crisp ale with good bitterness and malt balance, coupled with refreshing hop or aromatics. This India-style ale is big in flavor, yet highly sessionable. Excellent. Um, and it's, yeah, it's 4%. Uh, so I'm super interested to see how, um, you know, us, like light alcohol goes with super hops. It also won the... Uh, oh... That's see, they've got little award stickers. Yeah, but they're Brewery of the Year 2010 and Brewery of the Year 2012, which says nothing about this particular flavor of beer. But it looks like it's award winning. Dirt, dirty pool. That's, that's, yeah, exactly. That's dirty. Um, I'm going to start with Freedom Brewery East India Pale Lager. Oh. Um, one of the beers that Morrison's have now started stocking. Um, so I thought I'd kick off with that. So I'm quite interesting, interested in the idea of a, an India pale lager. And we've both got odd India. We're both going to India by way of non-standardness. We are. My second beer, I'm staying in India as well. But, uh, oh yeah, my second one's very interesting. Nice. Excellent. So, wow, this is really orange. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, for a lager, it's <laughs> a lot darker than a lager would normally be. It still got, seems quite frothy. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, my session ale is much... So yours is orange. I'd say mine is more like a honey color. Yes, yeah. Um, it's got a sort of consistent uh, one centimeter of head. It's It's not really going down much at all. Mine's the same. Um, I, I'm sure you can't see, but uh, it is super fucking bubbly. Yeah, yeah. But that's... Uh, go on. 
Well, it's not quite as uh, it's it's quite carbonated, and everything is rushing to the top. But um, it's almost like a lager in that sense. It's not a, a huge amount of, of carbonation. It's just what sort of settled on the bottom of my glass. Yeah, I think mine's uh, mine just is super bubbly, given that it's a North American style. Oh, right, uh, Red Racer is a. Uh, is based in um, Surrey, BC. Yeah. Uh, Surrey is basically uh, a part of the greater Vancouver area, okay. which is where I'm eventually going to end up mm. once life is packed and moved. Yeah. But I think I'm <laughs> I'm going to be going to Vancouver by way of Bristol, it sounds like. We'll be coming back to see us for a little while. Yeah, should be good. Means the same beers. Mm-hmm. Not the same beers every week. Yeah. <laughs> we're sharing the same beers. Yeah, we've decided to change it such that we're going to just uh, drink Carlin oh. every week and, and give tasting notes. I think if that was the uh, that was the only option we had, we just stop. Uh, well, I think we just start um, breaking into Alex's flat and stealing whatever he's got brewing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this um, this freedom. East India Pale Lager. It's got a good nose. Yeah. Um, it's got a very good taste as well. It's got that sort of um, slightly lagery, Pilsner-esque sort of taste. It's like that weird, not quite nuttiness, but similar. Yes, but you definitely get the hops in this as well. You've definitely got a nice sort of um, bitter finish on the end of it. So it starts off more like a traditional lager, but sort of almost develops into something a little more bitter, a little more um, sort of ale. The nose on this is, uh, it's actually quite, it's definitely, there's definitely hops there, but they're not that strong, but it's sort of that, uh, a really, really light, uh, subtle hop coupled with sweetness. It's really refreshing smelling. It's almost, you know, when you get hit in the face by like citrus, yeah, you get that, like that refreshing feeling. It's like that, except without the citrus. Okay. That's slightly. I'm trying to think about what that would be like without the citrus. I mean that feeling, right? Rather than the taste. Um, it's also really refreshing on the um, on the tongue. It's it dries your mouth out like uh, like an IPA. Um, a little sweet, pretty light though. Um, it's sort of if you asked me what an India Session Ale at four percent would taste like. It, it, I would guess this, like an IPA light, 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 like IPA light. Um, so all the, the, except for the extra sweetness, it's like an, a really light IPA, which seems like a contradiction in terms. You have that, that, um, hoppiness, that drying out, but it's, yeah, I can see how you could pound like seven of these back and you do not notice. Cause it's, it's, it, what's nice though is it's not thin. Yeah. So it's not like you feel like you're just drinking a watered down beer, even though the taste sort of feels. The taste is actually. It's, not, it's full but light, if that makes sense. Yeah, not good. Either. That sounds good. Oh, there's some. There's there's a slight lemoniness. Always a slight lemoniness. Mm-hmm. Also, grapefruit. <laughs> yeah, and, and more grapefruit. Um, so, let's kick off with the game. Um, oh, tic-tac-toe? 
that one, yes, I've been playing it a lot. It's fantastic. Oh, I thought we were. I thought you were uh, pr- proposing we play a game, and I thought uh, non-written down game of tic tac toe, where you just have to keep keep those squares mentally straight. <laughs> really difficult to two people's minds. Well, it's only nine squares. Mm, mm, <laughs> Playing. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah, I almost bought that on Steam sale, and then I forgot to buy it, and the Steam sale went away. Yeah, I picked it up in the Steam sale. I, don't, I can't remember how much it was. It was very cheap at the time. Uh, I think it was... A, uh, is it an action-adventure game? It's sort of an action-adventure game. Um, in which you play as a, um, a dead Viking warrior. Um, and you have to make your way around the. It's not Valhalla. You're trying to Asgard? prove yourself and get to Valhalla. Oh. I suppose it's. I can't remember the name. It's all in Norse, the language of the Norse speaking Norwegian, Swedish. It's a Scandinavian language. I, I think uh, the Norse spoke a root language that is no longer a thing. Um. All of the all of the dialogue within the game is within uh, um, within a Scandinavian language. Someone's got hammer me for not knowing what it is. Um, but it's, it's um, as I said, it's kind of like an action adventure game. Um, you're this, this character, and you, you go around um, different areas of this um, slightly. I suppose it's almost like a purgatory sort of um, setting. Oh, so so you're so you're in Lost, are you? Yeah, come on, playing. Polar bears everywhere. No, you have to go around and you have to kill the Jotun, which are um, giants. Uh, and to do that, um, each Jotun has a couple of um, almost sort of platforming action levels um, in which you have to find a sigil, um, which is normally sort of towards the end of the um, platforming sort of section of the level. Uh, and once you've collected uh, a sigil from either of the two levels, you can then move on to find this absolute giant Jotun. Um, and it's, in, in terms of the boss battles, it's very difficult. It's really hard. Um, one of the one of the Jotun I just bounced off of so many times. Um, even though they have sort of patterns to their attacks and you can very quickly figure them out, uh, as you're taking their life down, um, their pattern will, you know, you get them down to about half life and their pattern will change very slightly or they'll ramp up the speed of their attacks and, and their movement and what they're doing. Um, it just gets you know, really difficult to navigate the area that you've got around the, the boss um, and the, the attacks that are coming in from the boss themselves. Um, so it just makes sort of a, a quite a hectic, frantic um, battle, which is great, it's really fun. Um, and I found that with a couple of the, with a couple of the Jotun, what I did when I bounced off them is actually went to some of the other areas, um, traversed around some of the other sort of more platforming kind of areas, um, collected, um, I think they're apples, which allow you, uh, which, which um, up your life, so you have more life. Um, and there's also shrines to some of the gods in these levels. And if you, you get to one of these shrines, it will give you a special ability. Such as? Um, so one of the special abilities, the first one you get is, uh, is a heal. Um, one of the, the, I'm not sure whether it was the second one I got, but one of them makes you move slightly faster for about five seconds. So you can, you know, pop this ability and if uh, an attack's coming towards you, you can get out of the way pretty quickly. 
Um, another one I picked up is a shield, which will just allow attacks to bounce off of you for about five seconds. And there's a couple which are larger attacks, um, like an AOE attack. Right. <clears throat> a bunch of people around you. Okay. Um, I'm playing on Steam, and there are achievements for beating the Jotun without using any of these abilities. Now, I've only done that on one Jotun so far of, I think I've defeated three, and only one of them, after I'd bounced off of it a couple of times, I managed to work out their pattern and was able to defeat them without using any of these abilities, um, which gives it uh, an extra level of difficulty if you want to sort of go down that route. But there's, there's another one which I probably bounced off the most. Um, I think it's called Faye. And it's a, a big fire Jotun with a giant sword, um, which has a couple of AoE attacks, a couple of direct um, damage attacks. And there's no chance I'm going to be able to do that without any of the abilities. So, it's... I can't say it's frustrating in its difficulty. It's fun in its difficulty, really. Um, like it's not—it's not like a like a Souls game. No, and I don't think the um, the Souls games that I have played—I'm um, not sure I ever really got too frustrated with them. Because again, with a lot of their bosses, they have various attack patterns which you're able to read and pick up. And yes, you might bounce off of them a, a few times to be able to. Understand what they're doing and how they move, and how you should interact and, and stuff with the boss to be able to progress and to beat them. Um, but I never really got frustrated with the Souls games. Again, again with this, I'm not getting frustrated with this. Um, I think it helps with Jotun that it's it's all hand drawn. Yeah, I was going to say the art style. Is what drew me to it first, and then it seems to have universally good reviews. Mm. It does. I think it's um, because of both the art style and its sort of level of difficulty. It's why it's um, sort of more positive than, than negative reviews, um, because it's just a it's just a fun game. And even though you have that level of difficulty, as I said, at least for me, it's just not. Frustrating, right? This level of difficulty, um, but I'm—I don't know how far through I am. I played a couple of hours of it and defeated a couple of the Jotun. And it's—it's it's probably a game that I will continue to play when I've got time this week, right? Um, so next week I probably won't have any games to talk about, so I'll just be playing this. Fair enough. But you can tell us more about this. I've been playing the real life game called Putting Things in Boxes while while waxing nostalgic. Yeah. Um, uh, I uh, what have I played? Uh, I turned the PlayStation on. No, no, that doesn't work. I watched a Blu-ray on it. I watched Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy again before putting it in the cell pile. Okay. One of the um, clearly uh, a movie you should have in Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah, clearly with all its fancy special effects and cinematography. Um, this is the newer uh, Gary Oldman. Yeah, the Gary Oldman one. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I have but just played a few games on my mobile phone. Actually. Okay. 
Um, I for a while now I've been playing the Star Wars Heroes mm-hmm. game, which is basically of the the um you have a you start with a couple characters and then you go through the plot to unlock levels that you can redo to get shards essentially little to, to unlock other characters and then you have to level them up so you some characters unlock it like level one two or three and then they go up to seven stars seven levels and then meanwhile you're leveling them up so you can go further in the plot and fight um ai other players but ai controlled so you fight their team yeah um uh but it's star wars and it's fun um right now i think my team is uh generic healing uh not generic there's a name on her uh healing jedi i just can't remember her name because she's not one of the um not big in the series sure uh the emperor emperor palpatine is my leader because he gives everyone high crit crit damage nice uh he also uses it's emperor palpatine in maroon robes so kind of darker version of his senatorial robes and he uses two red lightsabers it's like this. This is not the emperor. What? Yeah. M- meanwhile, Dooku has his standard like thin uh, rapier like lightsaber, and he has a lightning attack, which the emperor doesn't. That's very odd. Is there a, 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 like a later uh, film emperor character? Because I know it's it's almost got. I can't remember what it's called. It's a galaxy of heroes. Something like that. But it's sort of. Uh, oh yeah, so the it's basically the idea is um, you're just playing there. The, you're playing on the holographic tables in the cantina. Yeah, um, that's the premise, which is why you can have two emperors on the table. So it's basically like someone made. Oh, interesting! Basically, like someone made the game based on the historical figures in the universe, and you're playing the game, but you're just playing in. You're playing the game that is designed much like the game you're playing, but in a world where that game was designed, which was Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other people might not, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so business as usual. Yeah. Um, you, you can choose um, either light side or dark side with this as well. No, you, you. So that's the thing. It's not like that. Um, so you, you, you unlock all of the characters as you go along. Um, you there's a light side path and you have to get sufficiently through it to unlock the dark side path. Um, but when you play like challenges to get more items, because like you, you have to level characters up using, um, like they don't level up when they fight. You actually have to spend training bots. Yeah. And then you also, they also have gear levels. Yes. So you have each person has like eight gear spots, and you have to find the right items to put in the gear, and then all of their stats go up. So like one piece of gear might be plus twenty strength or whatever. And then when you have the full set and upgrade, there's a bigger bump. And then there's also your abilities, which unlock over time, but they're all level one unless you spend ability mats on them. It's a yeah. it's a great um, treadmill, but I'm still finding it like I reach to it two or three times a day. Mm. Um, it's great when I'm doing things like this because I can just be like, oh, I need a break. I'll just, you know, um, play this for a bit. You are limited to... So you can have cantina battles or the plot battles. 
light, dark, whatever. Light, dark, and the sort of ability mat, mat um, challenges all use your standard charges, of which I'm at like 122 I max out on, and they recharge over time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's a separate queue of um, uh, cantina charges, essentially. And those also continue over time. Uh, or regenerate over time. Yeah. And then there's the Galactic War, which is like you basically do a series of fights and trying to progress uh, along a jagged path on a table, and you're trying to get to the end. Um, but uh as characters die, you can't bring them back, and if and all of the stats carry over from fight to fight. So if you just used your like really powerful moves that then it has to wait four turns, you start the next game with waiting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of I like that. Um, uh, and then you can restart it once a day. So for example, like if you're like, oh, I'm I'm boned, like I have none of my good guys. They all got killed on this last fight. Um. I uh, I mostly try and use it to figure out synergies between uh, teammates at the on the earlier um, levels, where as long as I have one powerhouse character, I can play around. Um, but yeah, it's fun, and uh, you can. It won't all regenerate if you're going three times a day. You'll you'll be able to play a few matches. Uh, it'll have regenerated enough. If you go morning and, and night, you'll probably get all of them. Uh, what's what all these games have in common is the replay tickets, or whatever you want to call it, um, which are essentially an item which lets you, if you've already beat a level with three stars, that means none of your people died. Because your team is four people, and on the plot missions, you recruit one from someone you know, and you build points to another queue of points that you can buy character bits for. Um, what was I saying? I lost myself. Uh, before that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... Oh, right, if you... Yeah, so it's just... Um, these replay tickets mean you can go to a, something you've beat properly, and you click a button, and then it tells... It, it assumes you've won again, and gives you the items as if you won. Yeah, it's, it's a quick way to be able to find gear, isn't it? Yeah, and so you end up... I didn't even realize that was a thing, and I had a backlog of 850 of these tickets. And I was like, oh, that makes so much... Like, I had blundered through... I I went... It's like 80 levels, and I had already been... I was at 845 before I figured it out. And so I'm still at 400-odd tickets. Oh, I think I'm now at 300-something. But I literally just have been throwing those away, but I keep getting them. Um, as as result, like as um, win, what the hell prizes? I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not. It takes forever to go through a hundred of these tickets because it sort of bounces back and forth. Um, but yeah, so uh, it still uses the energy or whatever. So it's not like you can skip the queue, the wait time that way. Which means sometimes I log on and just hit. Tell me what it's done. Like it's like a fucking slot machine. You're just like next, 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 next. Okay, now I'm out of energy. Oh, I've done that on like two different queues from top to zero, and I haven't actually swung a lightsaber or shot a blaster. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things, because I played it um, back towards the start of the year, um, only for a, a week or two, um, before it just wiped my progression. Oh, shitty. Yeah, and I just thought, there's no, I'm not going to go back to it as much. Yeah. No point is, 
other things to do. Um, but I'd not progressed it massively. I'd unlocked a few characters. Um, I'd unlocked the dark side path you know, for the, the storyline as well, and, and a lot of the PvP um, canteen battles and things. Um, but the, the one thing I picked up from it, it's got that sort of Pokemon feel to it, isn't it? Totally. Come and collect these notable Star Wars characters, level them up, and you can use them in battles, and that's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty cool. But no, it's not. <laughs> I will say that my best character, um, consistently, like best consistent character, is the generic Jawa character you start with. Mm-hmm. For some reason, his just like his main, his uh, regular attack. You it just if you level up a little, it just hurts people a lot. Yeah, his um, ability attack is a stun, isn't it? Uh, it's a. It's an AOE, um, and it has a potential to stun droids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Which get come up against quite a lot. A reasonable. Um, so th- what I like is there are characters who are plus droids, specifically in their like abilities and passives, because they have passive abilities too, um, but also minus droids. Like there's clearly interacting with droids is, is, a, is a pivot point in the game. Like, you could spec yourself with a couple, excuse me, real characters, and like, and a few droids, yeah. and have a team. Or you could spec yourself, um, and that team would be pretty formidable. Or you could spec yourself, sort of, uh, the whatever team, but just make sure you've got one or two of these guys who have the anti-droid traits. So you're not screwed, because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the droids have um, the chance, the a high percent chance that. When they attack, they'll trigger a companion attack, so there'll, there'll be a bonus attack. Yeah, that was the same with the because uh, I think in possibly the second set of um, um, light side missions, you will find the Geonosians. Yeah, they do that too. The soldiers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, character one of their characters will attack, and then suddenly another one will just blast you. Mm-hmm. Shit. And another one will attack. Yeah, his friend will blast you. Then another one, and yeah. another friend will blast you. And suddenly, one of your characters is really mm. low on health. Yeah, and you've got to sort of use. I think um, some of the Jedi characters, not the non-named Jedi characters, yeah, have a couple of heal abilities and things, and just yeah. exhaust those pretty, pretty quickly when you're fighting those kind of characters. Although I, 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 I think it's. Yeah, you need definitely someone who has a generic heal everyone ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some who, like Talia, I think you start with. Uh, a Night Sister, who has a. She sacrifices 25% of her health and then everyone gets a heal. But she also regains health for this. I was just say, yeah. yeah. And then Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano, who's on my. Uh, who's sometimes on, uh, depending on who my companion is that I've recruited from people my extra character is uh she's either on my team or not yeah. um and she also because she's sort of night sistery i don't really under- know the too much about the clone war stuff um but she she heals when she hits but also her main attack is like a spinning lightsaber attack which has does high damage but also heals everyone yeah yeah i think Ahsoka was the um was almost the peak of my um, experience with it. I think just after I unlocked uh, her and just started using her a little bit, that's when the game woke itself. Um, uh, really progressed much past, um, past picking her. I will say one more thing and then we should probably move on. Um, 
Uh, they're very clever because Yoda is an event only unlock um, where only sometimes will the event be on. But also, in order to get the shards, you have to beat. You can't replay things. You just have to beat a level. But they require like I've beat levels one and two, which are reasonably toughish battles. But they require increasing number of stars of Jedi. Right. So like I don't have three. I don't have enough three star Jedi to win, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So I can't do the next thing, even when the event is on. I can just stare at it. Um, and then as you progress, like if you like hit level. Um, thresholds or um, sort of um, sets of plot missions, um, you you end up getting Darth Vader shards. Yes. And that's the only way to get Vader. I've been sitting at 74 out of 80 for a few days. It's like, I'm so close. I just I just want to swing the lightsaber once, to be honest. I think I've used Vader quite a lot as the, um, as the companion. Oh, yeah. Just because he was available and then Yes. Yeah, you got to do that. To use Vader, of course I am. Um, I suppose they're very clever as well, and they've got this very addictive gameplay loop. Yeah. The, the whole idea of rinse and repeat, come back a couple of times a day. But you can also um, actually pay money yeah. to unlock characters, to... Um, you can't? Shards. You rarely... Shards to unlock discs with characters on. Yeah. Yeah. So many discs to unlock that character. So the number one way to get shards and stuff is to um, buy data cards. And you get like five or six free a day, but they once you get one, it's on a 20-minute timer. Yes. And the, the low-level ones you get for free, you can also buy with 250 of the ally points where you get 10 per use of someone else's character. Unless you're already friends with them, then you get 20. Right. Um, so there's that, um, but you can't unless there's a super sale. You can't really buy a character. What you can do, well, actually, I, I've opened it up. I, I take it back. Um, if you so the main currency is crystals, which like if you beat a mission for the first time, you get two crystals or whatever. Yeah. Um, so three hundred fifty gets you a premium crystal pack. Uh, so that, like, if you're not paying money, that's the only way to get in there. And then, if you have thousands of crystals, you can you, you get them at a slight, slightly bigger discount. But you can also just uh, you're right. I didn't see this. If you want um, 55 Qui Gon shards, 25 Ahsoka shards, a whole bunch of ability mats, uh, and 1,300 crystals, uh, plus. Qui-Gon on guaranteed unlocked and at two stars and um, Anakin Clone Wars era Anakin uh, at four stars. You just have to play pay the minor price of eighty four dollars and ninety nine cents American. And and I I I poked at these this type of game before and I, I I don't know where all this disposable income is coming. Like I didn't think I like I grew up middle class, but like, there's no way no way but this is the thing, this is why Like, so, what I like about the Star Wars game is that I can I can play it, like, I'm not gonna zoom up the thing like, I'm not gonna quickly get to the top level and have all the characters, but there's, except for, like, oh, I actually have more than 15 minutes 
oh, I've run out of th- like energy. That sucks. Um, I don't see the point of spending money on the fucking game. But, but it clearly, they like they've clearly I'm uh, in the minority, and that sort of um, slot machine like move. No, Gabe, stop it. Sorry, my cat loves is marking a stack of DVDs by rubbing his cheek against the corner, and they're just starting to teeter. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So it it clearly works, right? That there's like a million of these games. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that's my short um, talk about a mobile game of not very much note. Surprise, surprise! It's taken forever. I'm going to open my second beer. Because I've been playing in that, um, that freedom we used to be a power lot about. Um, do you, uh, what did you think of it in the end? It's nice. Um, it, it's, it's kind of got that um, sort of IPA kind of bitterness to it and, and poppiness to it towards the end, but it still has that slightly nutty, pilsnery kind of lager um, uh, start to it. But it's definitely the end, the end that's. Um, Lingers a little bit with that some um, that sort of IPA bitterness. It's, it's very nice. Um, I've never um, never heard of Freedom Brewery before. They're from Staffordshire. Um, oh, well, they used to be Slavery Brewery, but they changed hands and ownership. Exactly. They thought mm, we need to get with the times. Yeah. Uh, it was either that or a William Wallace joke. <laughs> they're not in Scotland. So. Yeah. Um, so my second beer. Mm-hmm. Is uh, IPA, an American IPA. So not an APA, but an AIPA. An AIPA. Um, this is which is a, a pale ale designed by artificial intelligence. <laughs> this is from Arbor. Um, oh, Arbor, yeah. Bristol Brewery. Um, but this one is um, brewed exclusively for Marks and Spencers. Oh, you went to MS for it? Yeah, I was in town the other day and I thought, ooh, I'm dropping. Because MS has started doing some good, good consumption beers. Um, and they do have quite a large range of beers brewed by a variety of different breweries um, exclusively, so they suggest on the labels, um, for them for, for MS store. Right. Um, and this was the first Arbor one I'd seen. So I thought, as it's a, a Bristol brewery, I thought I'd pick it up. Um, I've had a few from other breweries that have you know, been brewed for MS, they've always been very good. Um, but this suggests it's an American IPA, but it's 100% West Coast hops. Um, well, um, you know, we like our sort of um, our, our graphics on our bottles. Mm-hmm. The back of the bottle is a very Marks and Spencer's based sort of graphic. It's, well, not, not graphic, just a list of text. Yeah, I was going to say graphic? It's kind of as you would expect in the back of uh, of something from Marks and Spencer's. Um, I'm trying to have a look if it tells what hops are. But it doesn't gives me nothing really about this beer. It gives sweet grapefruit flavours and aromas with a long, bitter finish. Let's have a go. Let's see what it's like. Grapefruits and everything these days, apart from the freedom um, in the pale lager. 
Um, I will say this because you mentioned CAN design. I, I didn't really show you the uh, Red Racer ISA, but it's quite the CAN. I mean, it's this horrible, horrible neon color, neon yellow green or whatever. Um, but it's kind of like the opposite to a Budweiser CAN, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if you can tell, but if you look close, I've got glare. Yeah. It, it's it's actually patterned like you're staring at a hop. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a tessellation of, of the sort of the bits of hops, which I think is cool. But the Red Racer is uh, is a um, redhead in thigh highs and a and a uh, short red skirt riding a bike. Yeah, and I actually didn't notice that until you just mentioned the can. I looked. I'm like, oh my god. Her skirt is flaring up. Like you can actually see, like like suspenders. Yeah, miscues. Yeah, what a straight. Yeah, I was like, ah. Um, but also, what I, what I was actually going to talk about is the fact that this guy is a weird craft beer with a maple leaf in between the two words thing, and I wonder if that's a thing or if they're that's just what they've decided to label things as. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I don't think I've any of No, I don't think so either. Um, but it is from the opposite side of the country, so it's possible that's a thing over in the uh, West Coast, uh, and I'll find out. You will. Soon. Well, probably in 2017. <laughs> yeah. um, so this beer, this, um, this Arbor Brood IPA, mm-hmm. it smells like an IPA, it's got a nice hoppy aroma, it's quite, it's not citrus, it does have a, a slight sort of tropical sort of uh, hit to it. Not huge, not a massive um, nose to it. Cool. Bloody hell. Taste-wise, that's, that's really nice. It's kind of, I'm not sure what it is, it, it's kind of got that arbor flavour to it. I've started, now I've been drinking lots of different beers by lots of different people. I'm starting to be able to pick out certain breweries, you know, breweries beers. So I think I find it quite easy to, to pick out a Wiper and True beer because they have a certain kind of yeah. style and their beers are very balanced and you can kind of pick that up really quickly when you when you have one of their beers. And Arbor I'm starting to get that with as well. They've got this nice big flavour right at the start which doesn't really go anywhere. It kind of sits really nicely um, and it's a really long kind of flavour but it slightly mellows a little bit. Hmm. So with the um, I suppose the best way to describe it is with the Freedom um, East India Pale Lager right at the end you have this bitterness which sort of kicked in in the middle and then stayed for a little bit at the end whereas the um, you know an Arbor Beer kind of stays with you but the bitterness almost disappears sort of more towards the end hmm. you get a, a big flavour and a, a, a bitter sort of start and it stays with you but just, just mellows and sits very nicely hmm. excellent god damn Arbor Ales hmm. good. this beer is going to disappear so quickly 
I, uh, and of course, this is the where we decided to be less alcoholic and only choose two. Yeah. Um, I have a very special beer. Um, it's by Boxing Rock, um, which I've mentioned a bunch. Shelburne, Nova Scotia, named after the rock in which people boxed on or whatever. Yeah. You had one last week, which was a collaboration. Mm. Yep. Yeah, uh, I wasn't going to repeat them, but I was in the... Do you remember I, months ago I mentioned that there was a fan, a non-Nova Scotia liquor yes. um, store? Yep. Uh, and they had uh, a couple boxing rocks, which were um, special editions, which are... They made... I didn't... I didn't I somehow missed this. They had the Black Box Challenge... Hmm. Which was a homebrew competition. Oh, nice! And they worked with the brewer and made batches, full batches of the winner and the runner-up. That's cool. Nice. So what I have is the winner uh, of the Black Box Challenge. It is called Where There's Smoke, and it is a smoked pale ale. Ooh. Ooh. Which I didn't know was a thing. Uh, our first homebrew competition, this beer is made with copious quantities of beech-smoked malt, hops, and steeped on cinnamon. Okay. The result is a beer that is bold, unexpected, in-your-face, and totally crushable. Brewed in collaboration with Blackwalk Challenge winner Brian Harvey. Um, so, it's 6.5%. It's an ale that is pale... And smoked. And I have no idea what that means. Well, we've had a few sort of beers which um, have that kind of smoky flavour. Mm-hmm. That smoky sort of finish. Um, I, just, I guess I've never heard of it described as sort of one of the primary um, descriptors. No, no, definitely. I think that's almost um, something that you get. That's almost one of those things that Arbor have to them. Oh, yeah. Beers do have that kind of... I suppose that's why it mellows out. Holy shit! Because it is that smoky kind of, uh, of, of flavour which sort of dissipates um, as smoke does. Mm. I'm trying to draw an analogy between the actual smoke and the flavour, but what was the holy shit for? Um, uh, I don't... So for those who can't see me on Skype, i.e. everyone but Ben, uh, I poured it put it down on the table, and as you were talking, I could smell the cinnamony hit. But not like a strong one, but it was like, oh, wow, there's cinnamon in the room. Like, that's super... I don't remember last time a beer I could smell some part of. And it's not like it's like, oh my god, this smells like Valentine's Day cinnamon hearts. Uh, it's not like a, like a really in-your-face thing, but it's in the air. Yeah. Um, it's quite dark. It's, I'd say, darker than your first beer. Still still in that sort of IPA, orangey spectrum. Yep. Um, very little froth. Yeah, not much combination to it. No. That nose is... Um, well, you definitely get that cinnamon. Surprise, surprise. You get a little bit of hops. Oh, and a little bit of campfire. Which uh, I, uh, no one should be surprised at, but it, it's quite a it's quite a layered nose. The smoke only comes near the end, and then it fades away. 
like your aforementioned smoke analogy. Um, so you get this sort of cinnamon, light, sort of light cinnamon, some sweetness, smoke, and then nothing. And I'm going to take a, take a sip of this nonsense. Is it just as layered in flavor as it is in smell? The smoke is... Wow. I don't want to actually... The smoke taste is just still with me. Um, I don't actually taste much of the cinnamon directly. I'm sure it's there and I'm just not picking up on... Oh, yeah. I guess it's in the middle of the smoke. But the smoke just... like When you take the sip, you don't really get a big sense of smoke. It's not like drinking like a Russian caravan tea, like a Lapsang Souchong. Mm-hmm. You're not like, oh my god, smoke in my face. You're like... Yeah, yeah. So I'm not getting that. Um, it, it's, it's an odd sweetness, and I think it's that cinnamon with sweetness. Yeah. But I actually prefer how my mouth feels in the seconds afterwards. Um, like the initial, the, the sort of liquid taste, I don't know, the taste of it when there's liquid in your mouth is interesting, but weird. Um, but then when that's, when, when it starts to fade away, the, the campfire taste comes stronger and stronger and sort of in the first five seconds of the finish, um, you have that sweet cinnamon still. And they, they really blend well together, and then that disappears, and then you slowly lose the smoke. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's... I don't know if I've ever had a beer where it's like, I want to have a bunch of small sips because I don't really give a shit about the beer taste. I just want to have the, the lingering remnants. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is by far one of the most unique beers I've ever had. Um, Arbor are the ones who did the wild beers, right? way back in episode 1X, where X is a variable because I'm sure it was in the teens. Um, no, wild are a No, no, they made a wild beer. Which was a variety that Ox talked about how they sort of threw random crap in and... Uh, no, no, I think, I'm not sure. Hey! My memory, my memory is failing in that regard. Fair enough. I thought that it was them, but I'm... Um, there are there are wild who are a wild brewery mm. um, who are down in uh, Somerset, so they're pretty uh, local. We've had a couple of their beers before, and they're very much um, we've got these bits. Let's throw them in and see what happens. We forage from the forest. Mm. We've got some things. Um, Arbo, I think the ones we had me and Alex had Boomtown Brown. We had a uh, Waikikamu cow. Oh yes, right. Sort of uh, New Zealand um, hops, I believe. Um, we've had a few arbors on before they've all been really good but yeah I'm really enjoying this excellent good uh, yeah I think you're right I, I was I don't, I don't I thought it was not called wild but it was a, a type of, that Alex described as wild but I don't think it was arbor um, I I'm still sort of taken aback at this um, the, this yeah. yeah the runner up ruminates with you uh, the, Literally, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm chewing cut. I'm trying to, like, taste around in my mouth. You enjoy it. I'm going to talk about second game. Oh, fair enough. I was going to say, the runner-up, I can't remember what they called it, but it's a dark Belgian ale. Ooh. 
have you got it? No, but I'm going to go back now that I know what this is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the second game I've been playing is a uh, slightly different to Jotun in terms of um, team size of developer and scale. Um, and it is uh, The Order 1886. Holy crap, that game that has four seconds of werewolves and everyone panned but looks really good? Oh man, it's... It looks visually, it's stunning. Um, it's a third-person cover-based shooter, really. For some reason, my head heard filled in cover b- band. A third-person, yeah. I was like, "What?" Uh, I'm, I might uh, be drinking with not a lot of food in me. Um, okay. Continue. I've, I'm. So, at its core, it's a, it's a third-person cover shooter. Um, it's set in a slightly steampunk Victorian London. There are werewolves and vampires and various um, supernatural beings. You are part of the Order, which has been set up since um, medieval times. Um, and they are almost like a, uh, like a King's Guard, a Queen's Guard type order. Um, and they try and um, make sure that these supernatural beings are kept in check. The, the Republic? Yes. It's a it's a really cinematic game. I think this is one of the reasons that it was apparent that it's uh, an experience which probably lasts mm, maybe eight hours just over, but a high percentage of that, and, and we're talking maybe 30 to 40 percent, is, um, is cinematics. Oh, wow. Like we're, this is Metal Gear territory. Yeah, it is moving between the, the gameplay. Um, and actually, I I really didn't mind that. I actually quite enjoyed that aspect of it because it was a break between the um, the gameplay moments. Now, a, a lot of the obviously a lot of the shooting is very repetitive because it's a third-person cover-based shooter. You're moving between cover, you're shooting the people coming towards you. There's not a huge amount of variation within that. Uh, They try and mix up the guns quite a bit to give you a bit of variation within the combat. So there's a point where you can get uh, a a lightning gun, which will blast out uh, a bolt of lightning. You hold it down and it charges it up. Um, There's a... uh, At one point, you do pick up a a rocket launcher in a very... um, in a set piece as such okay in which there's only one place within the game where you can use this uh, weapon because it's just you happen to come across it at that point and you use it during that scene um, and it's very staged in that regard you sort of you pick up this weapon at this point this is probably the weapon you should use because you've only got a standard sort of rifle um, with a sort of secondary um, fire but if you pick up this one, this one fires bullets, which you can then set on fire, or you pick up the lightning gun, you know, right. things like this. It's not until right towards the end of the game where actually you um, can pick up uh, one of, uh, you know, any of these weapons because the enemies have dropped them. You can go in and pick them up to take on enemies, and you then get the choice to pick between which weapons that you want. Um, it's very 
stage in that regard and how you progress through the environments themselves. Um, and it's it's very corridor based. Okay. Um, with progression through the levels. Uh, again, I thought that the story was quite good. I I liked the characters, I liked the writing, I thought that was very good, and I was quite invested in the story. So when the cinematics kicked in, I was interested in what was going on. Good. That's fantastic. One of the things that helps was uh, when the game first came out, loads of people complaining about this uh, and the length of the game because it was a... Um, a full-priced release, right? It's a top-tier game. Um, I think it was helpful. I picked it up very cheaply. I was going to ask. Eighteen months old, maybe a little bit more than that. Well, eighteen months old, and one of the biggest disappointing flops of the PS4. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, if you if you if you've got a PS4 now, you haven't played the order. It is definitely worth picking up. Not just because it's so cheap now. Because it is an enjoyable experience. Hmm. Um, if you want a game, uh, okay, I suppose it's an enjoyable experience to me. If you want a game where you can pick up, play for 15 minutes, put down, it's not that kind of game. You've probably got to do it in a, you know, you've got to have a, a good chunk of time, an hour or something, right. uh, two hours, to dedicate to it. So you get a little bit of gameplay, you get a little bit of story, you get another little bit of gameplay, and then you can put it down. Uh, right. You have to have that sort of um, time to be able to put in it, possibly to, to get as invested in it as, as I did. Um, I think it helped that I played it over a weekend, so I had those larger chunks of time to right. dedicate to it. Um, I touched on it at the start, but visually it's it's wonderful. Um, I know a lot of people chatting about Uncharted 4 being the most spectacular game they've ever seen, and I've not played it Uncharted 4 yet, so I can't comment, but I think at the moment um, the order prompts all the other games that I play on wow. PS4 in terms of visuals. It's really dark, it's very gritty. It's set in, uh, you know, in Victorian um, London. Lots of greys, lots of browns. So, so a unique colour palette for modern yeah, gaming. Third person shooter especially. Um, there are splashes of colour here and there. Um, there's a few parts of the gameplay where you're doing more investigatory work and walking around environments, picking up photos, looking for various things. There's a couple of really nice mechanics like the lockpick mechanic um, where you have to use um, the sticks um, and a couple of button combinations to be able to uh, open locks. And it's something like that which was only used maybe four or five times during the game, which I thought probably could have been used a little bit more. Um, I, I do find that one of the stranger things in modern gaming where they go to the effort of developing a, a nuanced like a, a, a gameplay element and and then it gets thrown away almost immediately. Like a lot of games seem to be doing this thing where it's like surely the, the development hours shouldn't be wasted like this but um, I think it's my, my hypothesis is that the studios are just so worried about the horrible stain that is the word repetitive. Yeah, yeah, very much, very much. Um, I think with the order, they could have, something like the lockpick mechanism, they could have brought in a little bit more because because it's quite corridor-based. They could have had a few little offshoots, um, you know, paths, rooms with additional things. And some of the, the you know, 
I think for the lockpick, I only had to use it maybe three times for story progression to actually move through the corridor. And the other few times I used it were for side rooms. Um, an item to look at some ammo or something but I think there could have been a little bit more of that and possibly that there was a hidden door you know uh, underneath some stairs or something right and actually that allows you to go down a slightly different path through the building Um, talking about the visuals one of the things that really stood out to me was the level of detail in the buildings themselves Um, I suppose from my architectural background i I was looking for it almost, um, and I picked up on, on it quite a lot, but they seem to have done their research in terms of construction. The buildings look like they could actually stand up. If you, know what, you, know, you know what I mean? They're not just a, a wall um, with a door in or a window in. You can see the timbers within the wall, and it's a very... Um, Victorian setting and you can see that within the construction of the buildings as well. So you, you move into a room and you see the um, the timber frame with the um, plaster and how that, that goes up to it or the wall and door walling um, which you don't know what the fuck is talking about. No, you lost me on that last one. I, I yeah. was following up until that point. But it's, it's, it's that and it's the, the lighting and just the sense of space and what they've actually created. It's really fantastic. It's really good. I just think it does lack a little bit in length. Mm. I, I wanted to play more. As soon as it finished, I thought, that, you know, I could I could have done with an extra maybe three, four hours of this. Did they have? That would have been fantastic. You know, that would have been really good. That would have satisfied me. Did they have DLC? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, I thought it was just one of those. Oh God, cut and run, cut and run, cut and run. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. I might have to. Well. I am in this weird dilemma space where I have to figure out I should really start packing up gaming systems. Buying some balls. <laughs> well, it's like, well, I'm. Just, I mean, it's still only mid-May or whatever. Mid, maybe not late May. Um, not mid-May, uh, but I do need to pack things up. Our realtor reminded us that the, the more empty the house, the better. So it's like, well, shit. Uh, which console do I pick? Yeah, and then I then I look at my PC and I'm like, should I just abandon console gaming entirely for the next little while? Yeah, until so you're established in your new place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we're moving from a a, a a house with multiple floors and a developed basement to a 600 square foot apartment. Because Vancouver is the second most expensive city in the world to rent or buy in, next to Hong Kong. And the big reason is because real estate is being bought up like mad by very rich uh, Chinese people. Oh, really? Yeah, like like from China. like Because it's a better store of value than... than, um, a lot of other things, and so it's just it's just this insanely inflated uh, market where there's apparently a, a bunch of like premium condos that just are empty because they don't even care about renting them. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that because they know that the uh, the deserts are expanding in the world, the desertification of the land, and the arable farming land is dying, and everyone is having to move north, so. They buy all of the city and everyone moves. <laughs> uh, but, but Vancouver is 
pretty much the the west coast. Like it is on the coast. So global warming would wipe out Vancouver without some Dutch intervention. Oh, that's very true. Maybe they don't know something. Anyway, do you have a second game to very quickly talk about? Um, very quickly, I will say. Um, I also, for much less time, only a couple of weeks, have been playing on my mobile phone yeah. a game called Marvel Future Fight. Oh, which is essentially the same game. Same style game as the Star Wars game. <laughs> just with a marvelous skin. Yeah, no, it's, they're actually quite different. They're just in the same genre. Uh, and I think it's a much better game. It's a lot deeper, and there's a lot more things you can do. Like, it doesn't have... Yeah, there's a lot more game modes. Um, there's You actually play through little mini-levels, and you actually have abilities, and you play as the character versus... A, the Star Wars games battles are they're turn-based, very RPG-like. Oh, your your timer's gone off, now it's your turn. Do you use this move or this move? Well, this is full-on action, like an ARPG kind of move. Okay. And as you level up characters, you unlock abilities, and the ones you end up using more, you can choose to level up, and there's... Uh, just like Star Wars, there's all kinds of treadmills going on, um, but I think it's a much more refined game. If I, if you wanted to try one of these games out, Future Fight would probably suck you in. Um, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, I don't. Uh, I also because of the, my play style, I keep leveling up, which gives you bonus energy, um, but then leaving for a while because I'm busy. So I, I have I've never even hit the maximum threshold of um, energy because I'm always above it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great, because that's the whole thing that they want you to pay for. Like, wait, there's an item where you can get, you can recharge your energy for free once. Uh, sort of a, and they, they want you to do that, like, in the first session you play. I've never used that thing. Nice. So I'm hoping to get to like level 70 or whatever, and then when I finally run out of energy, be like, get all this extra energy because I have this free thing that I shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's super fun. I really like that you you get to do things. It's interesting because it's it's kind of on rails. Like if you hold down attack, you will just seek out people. You don't have to like like the attack buttons on the right. Uh, you know, you hold it um, landscape mode, um, and then your your virtual joystick is on the left bottom left corner. You don't have to aim at the characters or anything. Like that. Well, you do, but you, like if you don't, you, know, so you can aim, but if you don't, it'll aim for you. So you could ca- you could kind of just sort of hit the attack, hold the auto attack button, and be okay. It also has auto modes you unlock. Um, so, so that you can repeat missions um, while getting experience. And this is what I really like, is when you battle, you get experience. So you still get experience, like data cards or whatever, but you can also just play a lot with the character, and they will level up. Um, would you would you pick it over the, over the Star Wars game? Yeah, and I played the Star Wars game longer, and it's also smart because the plot missions, there's not two branches, but... Um, it tells, it shows you when you unlock it, which character you get shards for, mm. and 
every day you can replay a level up to five times. Oh. Where where those five times are, um, sorry, uh, uh, where those five times are get it's five shards. So if you don't get five shards in the first five times, you can still play that level. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think the honestly, uh, you can spend money to uh, level up um, abilities, and uh, everything you level up needs usually some money. Mm. And money is not the currency that you buy things with. That again is crystals or whatever. Um, so money is actually besides crystals, which is the thing you buy. Money is actually the resource where sometimes I have hundreds of thousands uh, of dollars, and sometimes I have ten, fifteen thousand dollars, depending on. Um, how much I'm in, uh, investing yeah. uh, in characters because you get team bonuses. So the combinations of heroes will give different bonuses. Yeah. And by the time you hit level 30, I think it is, you have five different teams. You can have sort of, I pick this team now. Yeah. And I, I really like that. Yeah, that's cool. that's cool. Anyways. So, uh, let's finish you there for a week. Yep. Awesome. I know you can't have much of your box in um, yeah. But what has been your favorite bit of this week? It has to be the boxing rock because it's yeah. so unique. It's also the um, the session nail is good, and I can see how it's perfect for a session. But at the same time, I think if I wanted an IPA type taste, I would just commit to be being drunker and have a session of stronger beer. If that makes sense, where it's not about being drunk, but I'd, I'd rather have the, an Indian pale ale versus an Indian session ale. Yeah, it just it, it. I really do like the sort of nuance to this light hoppy taste, but if I'm looking for hoppy taste, I want it smacking me in the face. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're in the Nova Scotia area, um, track this down. This is a, a very unique beer experience. I, I like I said, I've never even heard of a smoked pale ale, and it. The smokiness because it comes at the end. It's a pale ale, and then you're like smoke. So nice. And I'm going to go for my um, my second beer as well. The um, the IPA from from Arbor. Um, very easy pickup. They should have it in there. Uh, but yeah, um, the Freedom East India Power Lager was nice. It's a good beer. It's a it's a really nice lager. Um, it, it almost seems like a kind of hybrid between a lager and a, a, an IPA. Um, as I said, you get that sort of lagery pills in a kind of start, and it, it moves more into this slightly bitter, hoppy um, IPA flavor towards the end. Um, a, a, a very nice beer, but the you know, the Arbor IPA is just it's full of flavor. It, it, you do have that truffle sort of grapefruit, fruity. Great grapefruit. Grapefruit. The grapefruit. The only way to eat grapes. Um, now, is that a is that a musical instrument or a very specific type of uh, stemware? It's a it's definitely stemware. Okay. Drop the grape down the stemware mm. into your mouth. Um, yeah, it's, this is a good bit. Arbor, oh, uh, just one of my favorite breweries, and it doesn't quite do well, I'm actually. Uh, I mean, this contest beer is is an exception because they didn't actually design it. They, I mean, they might have helped refine it for the uh-huh. batch. But um, I have tasted a lot of Boxing Rock. I, I keep coming back to them uh, because they're one of the more prominent craft brews. But they've never, I've never been super impressed by them. Yeah. But um, well, I've lost a bottle. 
uh, what's his name? Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Um, yeah. So um, that guy um, really did a great job. This is a fantastic beer. It, it's, it is what you would want entered into a sort of a home craft brew contest because it's clearly not made to um, to move units. It's not a mass market. Yeah, but it's super unique. It tastes good. It everything flows really well. It is a sort of. <laughs> Oh god, I was going to say it's a boutique beer. That's one of the most pretentious phrases I've heard, let alone uttered. Um, but you know what I mean? Like it's 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 such a like non-standard but fantastically well-done beer. Yeah. I I think we're going to have to say goodbye because I said boutique beer. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at Hashtag Homestuck. I'm at Nova Underscore Paul Seven. Adler is at the Omnia. We are part of the Outer Rise Network. Where can you podcasts who have a new website? Well, I say new. It's kind of revamped. It's newish. It's revamped. You should go there. You should look at the articles that they post. That's how I'd like on next. We post. We post. We're part of the community. Yes, I, uh, I did. Um, yeah, we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, um, we have a stagnant Steam group. We we also have a Facebook group, though. Um, I think we should. Our next post on Facebook might be: Should we keep this group going, or should we just put it on the out of lives? Yeah, uh, like, yeah. we'll probably do. Yeah. Um, but yes. Oh, um, it, mm-hmm. but if you do want to send us an email, you can email us at podcast at out of We'd love to hear from you. Um, it's uh, we, We've been getting some uh, more listener feedback the last couple of weeks, and that's great. Um, also, what would really help us is um, iTunes reviews, because uh, although we're a year old, uh, well, because we're a year old, we're sort of... We every review puts us back on the fresh and exciting list that iTunes' magic algorithm does. Also, we'd love to hear feedback, and we'd love to know that someone cares out there. Very much so. Very much so. Excellent. So for another week, we've been tagged up. Thank you very much. Ciao. Yeah, I can tell you're in a rush because you you like doubled your speaking speed. So I'll let you go. Yeah, we're. Well, we started late. I mean, oh, but but my second. Yeah, my second recording uh, is the timer is at an hour seventeen minutes, so a little over time. I was going to say our Skype chat this time is only an hour and twelve, so we start a few minutes in. Oh, but we disconnected a couple times because of the whatever. Yeah, I think it's fine, but I'll, I'll let you go as needed. Cool. Right. Um, yeah, if you can um, just edit and if you, as we did last week, if you can upload to both. Um, well, so you haven't done the forward on Libsyn yet? No, I need to finish off um, putting all of the old episodes onto the website because if I forward it now yeah. and someone goes for it, then I think I've only got down to episode 15 at the moment. Okay. Um, uh, I, I don't have the time. I was going to say, I can help. I yeah, don't. I mean, this is yeah, no, no, no. this is a really bad... I'm doing it sort of, I'm doing an episode when I have sort of five minutes to just do it and I'm finding I'm doing it in sort of three or five episode blocks.
slots at the moment. Um, so they'll be up by the weekend. But okay. Yeah. Just for this episode again, we do. Yeah. That's fine. Um, and then hopefully over the weekend I'll have had it all done I'll redirect I'll cancel Libsyn and then it will just be a website from then on awesome um, I think you were right however with your um, suggestion that there's far too many hyphens hmm. um, and I think it should probably just be tanked up number hyphen episode title and that should yeah. be it rather than tanked up episode yeah. number and then the title um on the website, at least, people are finding, you know, they'll be going to podcasts. Yeah, so they'll find it. It, it just looks awkward. Yeah, I mean, that's even if they're going through the website. Um, I assume our RSS, because on Libsyn, we're just putting tags up the number and then the title. Mm-hmm. So I assume our RSS, once I've redirected, will pick up what we put on the website as the titles. It should, yeah. So I might jump back in and once I've uploaded all of them, mm-hmm. I might jump back in and change the titles of all of them just to refine them to what we had before anyway. Right. Just to make it a bit more consistent. Um, Miss you, sir. So, cool. Bye, dude. Awesome. I'll, um, I'll catch you later. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.